This is the KOTO Community Radio News for Friday, September 30th. I'm Julia Caulfield. In today's headlines, Mountain Village looks for input on comp plan, Gavin McGough joins Koto News, a day in the life of a miner with Finton Cole, and a mountain weather forecast. But first, Telluride lost a member of its community this week. Ken Briard passed away in Salt Lake City after complications from two brain aneurysms earlier this year. Briard was a loyal member of the Telluride bluegrass family since the early 90s. He and his late wife, Susan, moved to Telluride full-time in 2014. Friends remember him as a terrific banjo, mandolin, and guitar player who performed regularly in town. There will be a small service for Briard prior to the Bluegrass Festival next year. He is survived by a brother and his children, Mamie and Griffin. The process to amend Mountain Village's comprehensive plan is maybe nearing its end. The comprehensive plan, or comp plan, is the town's guiding light for development. We call it a vision document. Um, It's an aspirational document. That's Michelle Haynes, assistant town manager for the town of Mountain Village. Sometimes communities identify things like, we want our main street to be X, or gosh, we have, you know, we, we need to see more mixed use. So we're going to change our zoning like this and we can anticipate what that might look like. So, I mean, kind of from the planner speak, that's what a, a comprehensive plan is. Mountain Village's comp plan was first adopted in 2011 with the plan to have it in place for 30 years. But now, just 10 years later, the town is going back to the document for an amendment. The comp plan was first crafted around 2009. And it's really hard for people to remember, but the landscape was different in 2009 at Mountain Village. And at that juncture, the community felt the largest economic driver would be a five-star luxury hotel. But in the plan, we didn't say we just wanted one five-star luxury hotel. Um, There was an indication that there could be a number of sites that um, supported hotel development. And hotel development is important, and we are very um, suitable for hotel development in the Mountain Village because we have a little bit more land. But Haynes notes the comp plan doesn't necessarily allow for that development to happen. There were other things on people's minds. Um, It was a prescriptive, comprehensive plan. And anytime, as the planning director, I spoke with somebody about, could I, should I do what my the zoning says or could I consider something in the comp plan they would read through all the comp plan requirements and get kind of overwhelmed it was not an easy roadmap and in some cases really precluded development which is not the intent of a comprehensive plan. Haynes says the original amendment plan was to streamline sections of the comp plan to make development for those hotels possible But now she says Mountain Village has expanded what it's looking to amend. What we've realized through almost a two-year process that there are a lot of other things that were important to the community too, like bolstering our transportation and gondola section, sustainability, um, housing. We didn't have a specific housing section before. And then really looking at that development table in the village center that spoke to kind of these requirements to have a flagship hotel. When it comes to what those changes look like, Mountain Village Town Manager Paul Weiser notes there is a large reduction in the number of hotbeds in the village. When we first 
issued the first draft of the First Amendment, there was actually an increase in hotbeds. And then we heard back from the community that that's the exact opposite of what they wanted, in fact. And so we went the opposite direction. Um, I think in addition to hotbeds, one of the other big topics that came up was what was going to happen within the Meadows sub area. Uh, we, in fact, created a separate committee to determine what the density and future development should look like down there. And that committee made a recommendation to town council uh, and town council then um, took those recommendations and adopted a significant, num significant number of them. Um, which you now see reflected in the amendment. The amendments regarding the Meadows has to do with housing, parking, and community amenities in the neighborhood. Now, Town Council is looking for comment on the most recent draft of the comprehensive plan. Wiser adds individuals sharing input is a key part of the process. Council has been incredibly receptive to public comment, and so the public should take the opportunity to comment seriously. I would note significantly uh, after the first draft came out, Council made some really drastic changes to the draft, most notably included would be hotbeds. And um, if you looked at the hotbed uh, chart from the first draft, which uh, versus what is out there now, they are very, very different. The third and potentially final draft of the Mountain Village Comprehensive Plan is currently up for public comment. Individuals have until October 17th to provide their feedback. Town Council plans to discuss and potentially adopt the Comprehensive Plan amendments at its November 17th meeting. Individuals can submit comment at townofmountainvillage.com slash comp dash plan or by emailing cd at mtnvillage.org. A regular listener to KOTO News may have noticed a new voice on the airwaves over the past few months. Gavin McGough is the new reporter, part of the award-winning news department. KOTO News caught up with McGough about driving at altitude and high tea. Gavin McGough, thank you for joining me, your KOTO's new reporter. Starting off with a little background question. Where did you come from and how'd you get here? I am from New Hampshire and I came in my car, drove across the country. I barely made it to altitude um, because apparently car engines also need oxygen. And I have a very old Subaru and it did not like the elevation, but we made it. And it is to this day parked on some street in Telluride. It's one of the few New Hampshire plates around, so look out for it. And what made you choose Telluride? And what made you want to choose working at Kodo? Well, I kind of came for Telluride and Kodo together, as it were, as a package deal. Um, my dear friend Kitty Holbrook introduced me to this town where uh, when we went to school together in Massachusetts. Then I graduated, she graduated. We moved back here sort of together for the summer and my internship has been extended into an indefinite period, uh, hence this introductory interview. <laughs> but yeah, so, and, and I wanted to work at a radio station right out of school. That was my goal and my dream. And uh, here I am. I did radio in college and, you know, love to, love to talk. <laughs> what do you like about reporting community journalism? I don't know. It's such a great way to learn about a community and come to a place with 
and open mind and few assumptions and faith in um, the ability of people to answer your questions. Um, I can also be a shy person, so it's good to like get out of my comfort zone and just ask. And that's been super fun. You have been working with Kodo for a couple months now, um, stepping into the reporter position earlier this month. Is there a story that you've reported so far that you have really either um, really liked the way that it turned out or you really enjoyed the process of getting to report it? Um, I had a lot of fun just early on. Like, I think that I would bring my stories to you and Matt and we would listen to them together like two, three times, um, which at first was a little bit nerve-wracking is too extreme a word but it was a little bit like oh boy we're gonna really pick over this little um blip in the tape or whatever it was and that was I don't know that was an enjoyable process I really appreciated the input um and it was just fun to like learn things quickly um as you know as I was making stuff and I think later on, there have also been stories that have been more like run of the mill, like town council or community action plan or whatever. But there are definitely moments in reporting those stories that my understanding of this community or something that somebody has said has really stuck out to me. And that's the other thing I was going to share originally about like radio news and broadcast news was just like, I love to let other, I don't know, I love when I have like a good voice and can just let their tone say everything that needs to be said about the subject. You had a radio show on your college radio station called High Tea. If you were to get like a regular slot, DJ slot at Kodo, would you want to bring back High Tea or would you start a whole new show and what would that be? I feel it would be a dishonor to my former co-host to take over the high tea brand and create uh, high tea Telluride. It could be a spinoff. I'm sure that there is some pun on like high altitude tea. Really at the heart of it though is that that show was very much kind of like talk and mindless banter. And I think that if I had a real slot here as a DJ, I would probably lean more in the music direction. And that is not a place where I'm super comfortable. Like I definitely have specific music tastes, but like I'm not confident curating a whole playlist. So that would be an interesting, I don't know, that would be like a new challenge, but it'd be super fun. Well, Gavin, we are so excited to have you here as part of the Kodo family. Listeners, if you see Gavin out and about, say hello. Welcome him to town. And thanks for taking a couple minutes to chat with me today. Of course. You can't touch this. You can't touch this. It's soccer season in the Box Canyon. This week on A Day in the Life of a Minor, Telluride High School's Fintan Cole catches up with boys soccer coach Ramon Rodriguez. This is Fintan Cole in your sports update. I'm here with Mr. Ramon Rodriguez with boys soccer. Mr. Rodriguez, how do you think the boys are doing so far? Well, we had a slow start this year. 
Um, had some big, big teams or big stronger teams that we played against. So we kind of struggled a little bit, but we're now starting our regular season game. So hopefully we can pick it up some. You have a few games to go before the regular season ends. You have a road game against Ridgeway and a home game against Cortez. What would you say to your teammates going into those games? Um, well, we're, we're heading down the long stretch of the rest of the season, so let's pull it together and let's, let's win all the games that we can. Who are the key players you are looking for in those two games? We have four seniors this year, and they're all key players. You know, So um, those four players are Kai Kasuno, Taylor Holmes, Jack Spencer, and Owen Doyle. You were knocked out of the second round in 2022 and 2020. If the minor soccer team makes a tournament, do you think they can put in the effort to try and make it to the state final as you did in 2019? Um, well, that's our ultimate goal every year. So we're hoping, you know, if we can get into the playoffs, there's a couple extra teams this year in the playoffs or in our league. So um, it might be a little tough, but we, if we get there, we're always expecting to do well. Are there any seniors on your team that you're going to miss once they graduate? We miss them all. Every year we lose seniors and we miss them all every year. So, you know, because now we got to look for the next year and those next seniors we just hope will carry the tradition that we've established. Mr. Rod, thank you for the time to chat with us. I'm Fenton Cole reporting live from Tevite High School, and we'll see you next week. If music be the food of love, play on. Well, this weekend, Norwood will be getting a taste of all three. The Lone Cone Legacy Trust is hosting its Harvest Celebration Dinner. A party for all, there will be food from local restaurants, drinks at the bar, a silent auction, and dancing, courtesy of music from the Gold Kings. Proceeds from the event will go towards supporting the Lone Cone Legacy Trust's effort to benefit Rights Mesa through grants and its endowment fund. The Harvest Celebration Dinner will take place on Saturday, October 1st from 5.30 to 9 p.m. at the Livery in Norwood. Tickets are available at LoneConeLegacy.org. Over the course of seven weeks this summer, Chase Nicholson from Ridgeway caught over 3,000 fish. Yes, 3,000. Nicholson was the winner of the Ridgeway Smallmouth Bass Classic, a fishing competition which incentivizes anglers to catch as many members of the invasive species as possible. The fishing tournament, which takes place annually at the reservoir in Ridgeway State Park, saw 58 anglers participate and reduced the bass population in the reservoir by 70%. Smallmouth bass is a predator species and threaten native fish in Colorado lakes and rivers. Since being introduced illegally into the Ridgeway Reservoir a decade ago, the species has taken off at an unsustainable rate. The fishing tournament is an effort of Colorado Parks and Wildlife to limit their impact and spread within the greater ecosystem. It includes cash prizes for anglers catching the greatest number of fish, as well as those who catch one of the special prize fish, which are tagged before the tournament begins. Some competitors walked away with thousands of dollars in prize money and, of course, fish. Lots and lots of fish. 
The community showed up in force to defend the dignity of LGBTQ students at the Roaring Fork School's Board of Education meeting in Carbondale this week. For Rocky Mountain Community Radio, KDNK's Morgan Neely has more. Although there were a few scowling dissenters in the audience, among them Cornerstone Christian Pastor Jim Tarr, the vast majority at Bridges High School came out to support new Superintendent Jesus Rodriguez's efforts to create safer schools for transgender, gay, and non-binary students. I'm here to thank the board and the district team for all your support of our LGBT plus students and staff. That's Ellen Friedman. She has a transgender nephew and said that that makes the topic a personal one for her. This is critically important to me because I believe that every student and staff member must feel welcome and safe in our schools and our community. Superintendent Rodriguez penned an op-ed in the Post-Independent this week in which he detailed the harassment and homophobia that LGBTQ plus students have told him they're enduring at school. He wrote that students have told him they avoid drinking fluids all day because they are, quote, terrified of using the restrooms in our schools, end quote, and that gender-neutral bathrooms often aren't easy to access. To that end, the district has also released a toolkit for supporting transgender and gender nonconforming students. Um, I would really like to state how important this is to us and how grateful we are for this. Jax Carpenter, a senior at Roaring Fork High, said that life at school has gotten easier with administrative support. I recently was able to change my name in the school records, um, and it has made a huge difference in me feeling comfortable at school and seen. Um, And it has really made going to school a lot easier because instead of worrying about all of of being dead named or being used, like the wrong pronouns being used, I just kind of have to worry about, okay, what homework do I have? What schoolwork do I have? Like it makes it easier for me to um, just focus on really what's important and not feel unsafe on a regular basis. Opposition to Rodriguez's letter and the district's toolkit mostly came in the form of transphobic tropes about bathroom safety. You wrote about how a student was uncomfortable using the bathrooms at school because of their gender identity, yet you give no thought to how the other 90-some percent of the students are going to feel if transgender students and staff are allowed into the bathrooms or locker rooms they identify as. Those comments from Angela Roding, a parent of two children at Basalt Middle School, contradict rigorous research from UCLA and other institutions demonstrating that there's no link between trans-inclusive policies and an increase in safety threats in bathrooms. In fact, the opposite is true. Transgender students forced to use bathrooms that don't correspond with their gender identity face heightened risk of being victims of violence and sexual assault at school. Dr. Matt Percy, chief medical officer at Mountain Family Health Centers in Rifle, spoke about well-documented findings that LGBTQ plus teens are more likely to attempt suicide than their straight peers. While mental health struggles and suicide rates are unacceptably high in transgender youth, they are not inherent to being transgender. Rather, they are the result of receiving years of messaging that they are somehow wrong, broken, or other. We can all help improve this by using students' preferred names and pronouns. In fact, transgender and non-binary youth who report having their pronouns respected by all or most people in their lives 
attempted suicide at half the rate of those who did. Research has long shown that the LGBTQ community is disproportionately impacted by violent crime and that gay and trans people are attacked by people whom they know more often than other victims of crimes are. In the end, Carpenter said trans students want the same things as anybody else. We're here and we just want to go to school and learn. We don't want to like upset anyone or make anything weird. Like in the bathrooms, we just want to go to the bathroom. We just want to pee. <laughs> like that's it. We just have to go. We don't, nothing more than that. We just have to go to the bathroom. <laughs> For KDNK News, I'm Morgan Neely. The National Weather Service forecast for the western San Juans calls for a 70% chance of showers and thunderstorms tonight, with a low around 40 degrees. Saturday should be partly sunny with a high near 60, and showers and thunderstorms likely in the afternoon. Saturday night should be mostly cloudy, with a low around 40, and a 50% chance of rain. Showers and thunderstorms are likely to continue into Sunday, with a high near 60 degrees. Sunday night should be mostly cloudy, with a low around 40, and a 60% chance of rain. This has been the news for Friday, September 30th. Thanks for listening. If you have a story idea or a news tip, call the news team at 970-728-3206. And now, a personal commentary. Buenas tardes. Soy Úrsula, la maestra de la escuela secundaria um, acá en Telluride. Junto con el Departamento de Español y el programa de inmersión dual, queremos invitarlos a ustedes y a su familia a la celebración del Mes de la Hispanidad acá en la escuela. Tendremos una película en el teatro, concurso de postres, una rica cena para compartir con ustedes y sus familias. Esto será el día jueves 13 de octubre a partir de las 5.30 de la tarde acá en el Teatro de la Escuela. Tendremos niñeras para que cuiden a sus hijos. Hello, I'm Ursula. I'm your teacher at the high school. And with the Spanish department and the dual immersion program, we'd love to invite you and your family to celebrate the Hispanic Month. We will have a movie in the theater, um, dessert, a contest, an awesome meal served by an, an incredible Mexican restaurant here in town. And this is going to happen this Thursday, October 13, and we start at 5.30 o'clock. We will have babysitters for your little ones, and we will have a um, also a great time to be together. Uh, we hope to see you there. Please um, call Miss Erica or myself or Miss Joanna or the posters to sign up and bring your little ones. We'll see you there. Bye. Opinions broadcast over KOTO are those of the speakers. You are also invited to express your views after the news or on access each weekday at around 4 p.m. If you would like to comment, please contact a staff person here at KOTO. We encourage you to speak out on important public issues. <laughs>